It's Independence Day in 1996, and well, <laughs> did you want to open it? Oh, I, it's it's we a weird. lost cause now. Botch the opening. <laughs> There's that look of Well, I guess there is no 4th of July parade this year because there's an alien invasion impending. And it's going to get pretty crazy over the span of It's going to get pretty crazy. <laughs> According to the sequel, half the planet died. From July 2nd to July 4th. Well, July 2nd they arrive. July 3rd they attack. July 4th. We strike back. It's Independence Day from 1996 on Movies for Guys Who Like Movies. Listen to this. This better be another depression spy job. Boy from air traffic red, say the skies are clear. It's the real thing. A radio signal from another world. Mr. President, our intelligence tells us the object has settled into a stationary orbit. Part of it has broken off into nearly three dozen other pieces. Smaller than the whole, sir. Yet over 15 miles in width themselves. Where are they heading? Should be entering our atmosphere within the next 25 minutes. Sir, quick. Let's just get there as quickly as What's possible. What's the rush, huh? Think we'll get to Washington and won't be there? It is confirmed. The unexplained it's like a chess. First, they're positioning their pieces using this one signal to synchronize their efforts. And then what? Checkmate. Oh my God. I really don't think they flew 90 billion light years to start a fight. We're gonna stop them! They're gonna kill us all! Sir, I'm just a little anxious to get up there and whoop E.T.'s ass, that's all. You want them, we got them. Movies for guys who like movies. Coming up next, only on TBS. Accidents do happen. Somebody put my dick on. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell was it? Oh, welcome, guys. Thank you for downloading the New Blood Rising podcast episode of Movies for Guys Who Like Movies. As we take a look at Independence Day, we're going back 20 years because we're celebrating the the sequel that's finally coming out after all these years. 
Independence Day Resurgence hits theaters June 24th, 23rd, 24th. Yes. Why couldn't it have been I know. the 4th of July weekend? Well, it's a big, it must be where July 4th falls. He still didn't have to be on July 4th, you July 1st. Mega week. You well, the first one week. came out on July 2nd. Yeah. Is that, was and that, that was like, I think that was a Wednesday. Was that, well, was it then technically July 1st for Tuesday? Because remember, we had those Tuesday nights. What is it? Oh, yeah. So it technically did start. So this one could still start on July 1st, which is the... It's that weekend, man. Like, yeah. it's not a weekend anymore. It's a week. That July 4th week. And I remember it started with Transformers in 2007. Like, they backed it up to where Transformers debuted on the Tuesday before 4th of July. It came out the week before. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> they make up... They're going to make up a new Well, because what sucked yeah. was we had to do changeovers Thursday night for Friday... And then do them again on Monday. I do them again for Monday because we had to open up theaters to screen them, and then do them again for Tuesday for the damn movie opening. I remember because it was like seven p.m. start time. Yep, on that's that. it. And it was transformed. So I'm William Rankin, of course. Joan Boy, Joan Boy, Joan Baez, Joan Baez, Joan Baez on the damn podcast. Hey, What'd you think, Aunt Bennett? Say, bitch. Oh, it's over with. Jason <laughs> Keesler, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. I don't know how to come back from that. You, you ain't. It's, uh, it was Stabil. me, Joan Baez. <laughs> it was me. Oh. Gold of my hair. Oh. Who the hell invited her? Why don't you come over here and bite my dick? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. How are you? <laughs> How? Oh, this is live. Oh, this is live. Pal? This is live, pal. But um, Independence Day. What's really fun for us and our age because I wanted to start off with this. Growing up, like when we were kind of getting cognizant of movies and stuff, like we knew Star Wars was special. But it was more special to our parents because that movie came out when they were younger and they got to experience everything that had to do with it coming out. I'm watching you, Cat. I know what you're trying to do over there. I'm going to go here and lick this outlet. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a damn good idea. Frat, anyway. who's a cat? <laughs> Randy Quaid, he's in the movie. That's right. <laughs> cool. yeah. So the thing was, like, it was special. it was still special for us. But since it was like, oh, we're we're experiencing this through the perspective of VHS. Mm-hmm. We're experiencing this well after the fact. The greatest VHS cover of all time. Yeah. Well, for Star Wars or no Independence Day. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. of the lithograph. Yeah. Oh. Like, the yeah. You turn it, and it, when the White House explodes. For us, Independence Day, we got to experience from the theater. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Which is awesome. That it. I think. And I think hopefully by the time we're done with this, like, you know, you can kind of see where we're coming from if you're not on board with this already. That this is the Star Wars for our generation. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, because, and I think even to some people, it's more popular than the the prequel trilogy combined. Yeah, is not as good as Independence Day. But that being said, Independence Day is is such a marvel on so many fronts, and even just beyond the movies we saw, it changed it. I think it helped change movies going forward, at least for a certain period of time. Everything is in, everything is cyclical, of course. Right. But to kind of give opening thoughts to it from the perspective of you as a kid, Jason, Independence Day. Well, it, maybe what didn't seem as big to me as this to you, just because the little bit of an age gap, because I I had Jurassic Park. I mean, like, and that's, that's the argument I want to I want to talk about that. That's too. like like I was thirteen when Jurassic Park came out, so that was huge. But I was about to turn sixteen when Independence Day came out. So there were, yes, it was it was definitely I was aware of it and wanted to see it, but it just didn't have the the, the gravitational pull for me as far as that. But I definitely see what you're talking about with, yeah. you know, my relatives that were younger and were very very excited, like whoa, this is incredible. Yeah. What about you, Charlie? When I was a kid, mm-hmm. yeah, <clears throat> it's the marketing. Yeah. You know, were you? 11? I was n- nine. Nine. I was nine, mm-hmm. 
and I saw Jurassic Park in the theater uh, when I was, I guess I was six when that movie came out. But when I think of the 90s blockbusters, and this isn't because, like, this has nothing to do with which movies I like the best, like, which ones are my favorite. But when I think of 90s blockbusters, I think of Jurassic Park and Independence Day in terms of the marketing that both of the movies had, how, how, how the movies were as a whole, and the impact that the movies had on the pop culture at the mm-hmm. time. And Jeff Goldblum was arguably the biggest <laughs> star. Yeah. Like, like, that's a weird part, too, uh, that he would get these these roles in these big, giant action movies, and he'll... he's Imagine a if Samuel Jackson was a Stephen Hiller. Oh, motherfucker, you did not just shoot that green shit at oh me. Oh, my God, that would... <laughs> better. <laughs> But so, uh, yeah, so I was I was very excited to to see this movie, and uh, like I said, it's a lot of it had to do with the marketing. Let's start with Roland Emmerich because in reading this, and you you recently watched the the spec like the is it a new doc that's on the DVD or is it an older one? It's a new doc. It's a new, new doc that kind of it's, it's a half uh, remembrance of the original and half a promotion of for the, the okay mm-hmm. so. I guess this the this idea first started getting talked about with Stargate after when it was uh, saw being, that in the theater too. Mm-hmm. So Roland Emmerich could pop that out like that's probably his because that was clearly much bigger than Universal Soldier. Soldier. It's clearly bigger <laughs> than that. But um, during the tour of it or the release of it in Europe and everything, when they're going around like the idea of alien and alien invasion, alien life, the whole concept of it, if he believed in it, that's where they start tossing around the idea of an invasion. And the whole thing was with his idea of an invasion versus. Kind of the classical sense is they invade in secret, they they embed, and then they find this moment to attack all at once or something like that. He wanted to have, like, why don't these guys just show up like, yo, we're here. Bam. I love the concept. Bam. Of you go to bed, you wake up, you go outside, and there's a huge 14-mile spaceship. Yes. A 14-mile wide spaceship above you. And what a cool idea that is. Like, because... That's the great thing about this movie that the sequel won't have, but I'm actually happy about that, is that this takes place in our world. Right. Yeah. And what would we do uh, as a reaction to it? So th- this is the first movie that we see the Emmerich-Dean uh, Devlin collaboration really go on the big stage because these guys will be partners, I think, pretty much from then on. Mm-hmm. Right? I think they've always kind of been a team. And they write, too. Yes. They write these movies. Which is, I, I respect that these, like, it's a true collaboration. Like, mm-hmm. Devlin's mostly the writer, Emmerich's mostly the, the director. And um, it's interesting where Independence Day falls because he, I don't think necessarily Stargate made Emmerich a, a, a name by any means. And I don't think Stargate's really, and it's no offense to the people that, that really love the shows, it wasn't super popular nope. at the time. Even with Kurt Russell, yeah. greatest actor alive. You know, it, it doesn't... Um, okay. it, it hey, did, we agree on something. Yeah. It, it didn't necessarily elevate it. So with Independence Day, and, and when they get into, you know, the... I think next is it's a good segue into, like, how are they going to design this? And the design of this movie is that's unparalleled. The best, because that's another part of the concept that I, I absolutely love is uh, Roland Emmerich grew up with the 50s B-movies, the, right. you know, the Cold War paranoia alien movies. And at the end of the day, those are B-movies. Like, even if those movies had, those movies ha- could have had better special effects at the time, even by '50s standards. But they didn't because those were the those were like the, the double feature flicks or the Saturday morning movies that you'd go see. But what if we got one of those movies today, back in 1996, that had an A budget and was treated with respect and got all like the best actors that you could put in the movie right. from the day? 
And I, I love that idea too, that, the, that this concept, which was thought to only be for kids right. back in the 50s, could actually be for adults and could be taken seriously. The, to, to an extent, their effect, their their idea of effects for this, like the practice they used. I was telling you about effects, that. How, and I read how later, mind blowing that, unbelievable. They, what, they used a lot of models and stuff. Basically, or? the movie is eighty percent practical and like twenty percent digital. And the and the thing that, that I was telling Will that's really fascinating, and it's not really the fault of Hollywood. It's just a circumstance that, that we have to deal with. Is that uh, this was one of the last movies before the big CGI takeover? Yeah. So. This movie, at the time that it came out, held the record for uh, the most practical and, and miniature sets built two to one to any movie. Like, any two movies didn't have this. But because of the CGI that took over after this movie came out, Independence Day will probably always hold this record, you know, for all time. Oh, wow. Because at the time, like, it ends up, I think it ended up with, um, what, um, it was a $57 million budget. Something like that. It ends up grossing eight hundred. That's that's it. Fifty-seven million dollars. Yeah. Have you seen the budget for but, Resurgence? But we're talking. <laughs> but all right. So the marketing campaign just as a alone for nineteen ninety-six was thirty million. Yeah, which is like astounding. Like that is a budget for a a, a movie. I don't remember point. this, and this and this is a tribute to Independence Day. But apparently, uh, the the Super Bowl ad. This is the thing. I always remember movies that were coming out in the summer having an ad during the Super Bowl, but apparently that wasn't a, a real thing until Independence Day. Yeah. So the marketing, that's the good egg. We'll save that. We'll come back to that in just a sec. So let's just kind of dive. Like, this is an interesting story because like many disaster-esque movies will follow this, which is... It's a, also a tribute to disaster movies. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From the 70s. It's a, it's a very segmented story. Where eventually everybody has to come together, but a true three act movie. Yes, you have New York. You have characters in New York, the Los Angeles area, and Los Angeles itself, yeah. and then Washington D.C. with the president and everything. So, where do you guys want to start? Which city do you want to take first and kind of kind of going through the subplots? Well, I like the I like the New York subplot first because it feeds into the D.C. part. Okay, you start with mm-hmm. Goldblum. Yeah, because Goldblum, it was like his previous relation. He he had the way to get to the president first to say something's up because of knowing him. So that adds a lot. Like plus, to me, Goldblum's like one of the most interesting characters in this movie. He is the character. Yeah. As much as this movie is an ensemble, and like I told you, the reason I'm not that upset about Will Smith not doing the sequel is be like it's, it's, it is an ensemble, but it's Jeff Goldblum and Bill Pullman. Like they are the stars of this movie, and they're like if one of them wasn't doing it, I would be far more upset. What's interesting is like nobody gets the nobody goes full tilt like they don't go all in on one guy getting like the big like truly True. like the big moment. I, I think that's good because like the president has to overcome things. David Levinson has to overcome things. Stephen Hiller to an extent has to overcome things. Mm-hmm. It's not as his is you have to kind of reach for a little bit because they don't give him enough to really show that he's uh, he's kind of overcoming being as much of a hot shot versus kind of they do play like he sometimes isn't the team player kind of guy. Because yeah. even by the end of it, like he's by himself in that final little chase with that one alien pilot. But right. regardless, like right, so the New York thing is because we also have his dad, John mm-hmm. Hirsch. I mean, let's let's face it. Like, I mean, I, I he's it's he's he's, yeah. an inter- he's a fucking integral part of this movie. He solves a few of the problems. Yes, <laughs> yeah. he's, he gets us together. He, yep. John Hurst behind a wheel. Without him, there's there's no area yeah. fifty one. Just like in what Sharknado two, he was behind the wheel. Right. Yes. Yeah. So he knows how to drive. Um, the elements in New York are fascinating. Mm-hmm. In DC, 
It's well, it's what does Jeff Goldblum do? He's he works for a cable company. Yeah. He's clearly an underachiever, right? Yes. I mean, he's MIT classic underachiever, like yeah, mm-hmm. like a, a, a big time underachiever. Yes. Like he he could be doing so much more, but he's working at a cable company. That, that's now I know, like okay. the, we can write things off, like it's movie coincidence stuff that he his ex his ex wife just happens to be don't chief, care exactly don't care chief chief of staff is she I believe so Rebecca yeah. Re- Re- yeah. Rebecca Thank you, Rebecca yes from three three men and baby so yeah. awesome so the I think the I always like in these movies where the politics are not like central to the movie but it's fascinating to look at like before the problems start with the movie what are the problems in the real world that are going on and apparently President Whitmore which this is so cool this is this kind of feels Clinton-esque mm-hmm. not full tilt Clinton but Clinton-esque you know you have he's this young, looking. he's a young he's young and they had the he's a pilot like he was a young like pilot in the Gulf War who ends up becoming president so you know he's probably like maybe what because I think, but to be president, you have to be 36. 35. Be 36. I, I yeah. thought it was 35. See, 30, 36. It's something like, he's probably the, at most late there. It was because of this movie that I looked that up. Mm. You know, I was like, what's the age requirement? Because yeah, he looks young, like the youngest of all time. Like younger than any Kennedy portrait you've yeah. ever seen. Bill so, Coleman's a good looking dude. But you basically <laughs> get the idea that like, he's having a hard time breaking through bureaucracy. You even hear the little TV ad, or the, 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 cr- the talking of, C-SPAN or whatever, yeah. for lack of a better... Uh, comparison, but you hear them talking about like, oh, they they elected a warrior and they got a whip, and but you get the idea that he's having a hard time with it, hard mm-hmm. time kind of you know, re- and that's and that's what I what I dig about that is that it shows that even like idealism like has to, comes under fire when you even ascend to that type of office. I think mm-hmm. that's really cool. And the cool thing is they don't spend a lot of time more on it. That's kind of the end of it because that's when, hey, Secretary of Defense on the line, he's useless, but you'll find out later. Okay. But um, so um, is there any more you really want to talk about D.C. before we go to L.A.? Um, is there anything more like we talk about the president? He's surrounded by a good group of character actors. Okay, yeah. Robert Lozier. Robert Lozier. Robert, Robert, R as in Robert, Robert Lozier. O as in oh my God, it's it, Robert Lozier. <laughs> is he the Joint Chiefs like the head of it, or is he just one of them? Uh, I don't he's know. the one that lives, so I think he's w- he's, he's the guy who's the most annoyed with his w- job. Not yeah. not Dan Connor, Dan Dan Arnold Arnold. Okay, yeah. That because it looks like the dad from the Wonder Years is reporting to him by the way they outline that scene where they show him the infrared. Yeah. So I want to say Robert. So. What's awesome is like he's classic grizzled old war veteran, mm-hmm. but he's but he's not a dick. That's what's so yeah. cool. He's not a dick. He's like the anti-conservative like guy you would have in this role. Mm-hmm. Not going to go on that tangent, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. It, like, he's not a cliche. He's not ready to go to war at any second. Like, right. It, it's. I mean, it's. You can tell who's writing the movie here, but that's okay. James Reborn is the Secretary of Defense, Mister, and he gives him a shitty name too. Lip, Wick, Lip, Nikki. Whitwicky? Whit- no, Whit- that's Transformers. <laughs> that's... And then Lipnicky's the Jerry Maguire kid. Right. Yeah. The human head with a... Lipzicky. Lipzicky. Lipzicky? Lipschitz. Lipschitz, yeah. Whatever. He's James the Secretary of Defense. And he's basically our gigantic... He's our... He's not our... He's not the alien-sized obstacle, but he's an obstacle throughout yeah. this whole movie. <laughs> right. It's a lot more subtle in the beginning, though. Yes. You know, I mean, he's got a lot of those cheesy... Lines that they threw in the trailer. Well, just blow it out of the sky. That are, uh, <laughs> if we don't attack soon, there won't be an America left to defend. 
Hmm. Now, you heard the president. He said, we're going to DEFCON 3. I love Pullman. Like, uh, I didn't <laughs> I did not say fucking it. Fucking say it. God damn it. But, um, all right, so now we can go out. I think that covers, like, Loja. That covers, yeah. Right, well, also, President Whitmore has a daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, and, so. And his uh, wife stands with a foot. Or it stands with a fist. Right, <laughs> right, right. Uh, is out in L.A. with Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's stuck in the tornado and putting his hand up. Please don't rescue me from the tornado. Stands with a fist. <laughs> don't rescue me from the tornado. No, no, it's fine. I threw my perfect game. My life is over. <laughs> you want to have a catch? <laughs> I'd like that. He says that to the alien as he gets out. <laughs> <laughs> he just throws all the baseballs with like all eight of his arms. Uh-oh. <laughs> wow. Fuck you, amigo. Ray Liotta's okay. ghost wandered out of a ship and told me everything's fine. <laughs> so, so there's that. Um, Levinson, okay, you want to do Hiller? Okay, so yeah, his wife is in L.A., which is a good transition. So Whitmore's wife, the first lady, is in Los Angeles for mm-hmm. whatever. I don't mm-hmm. think it's... Very paramount important. Reading Hillary Clinton or something. Yeah, basically yeah. being it's Hillary. It's the Hillary Clinton Yeah, but then like in LA, we have the we have first the fascinating thing of the crop dusting of yes. crop duster Randy right. Quaid, fourth build. Yeah, Randy Quaid and his family. Like, <laughs> who knew Randy Quaid would actually become this character? No. <laughs> What's fascinating is his family. Like, they suck. You know, I like, hate them. How do you describe like the? the what life they're living like I'm trying to find the best way to describe it like because they, they're clearly well, like a, a he, farm family he says that he was a Vietnam pilot and then he got into crop dusting when he got back home mm-hmm. and that's what he's been doing ever since and, I, and apparently he's the worst crop duster and ever I guess we can assume that he married um, a woman of like of Mexican descent a very Mexican descent they, they had children mm-hmm. and she died right. I assume she's dead right yeah. they oh, I always did. did they ever say it I'm pretty sure but she's, she's pretty she just yeah. loved him <laughs> I mean, we don't get the Armageddon come to call back with her. I got something coming up. Oh, it's such a good scene. Something kind of big. You know the scene with Will Patton? Yeah. It's, it's and April O'Neil. <laughs> awesome. It's the best scene in the movie. Will Patton. Oh, it's such a. Oh man, that's a. Now, that's you a don't have scene. to. You don't have to tell him who it's from. Yeah, right? the, <laughs> that's another movie. Yeah. A movie influenced by Independence well, Day. Right. Clearly. Clearly. Well, are they migrant workers? And he just happens to travel and drag his crop dusting plane and go where the. It could be. Crops. They don't. Again, they don't. They they just sell it through visual. But what they sell you from the get go is that he is a he's a he's a, he's a lovely man, yes. but a terrible alcoholic. I've he's never functioned. seen this type. Now he's a, he's a fully functional pilot alcoholic migrant. Yes, who's very nice. Yeah. He's a nice guy, and they pick on him. Now now he's got backstory. He claimed that ten years prior that he was abducted by aliens. Right, mm-hmm. cocoon. And he was in cocoon. He was in cocoon. <laughs> no, he was in cocoon. The return. Oh yeah. <laughs> I guess I didn't like it up there. <laughs> Cousin Eddie. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, and that comes into play later, and that's one of my problems with the movie. And we right. can get into that. Yeah. But uh, and everyone just looks at him as the crazy drunk who, who claims to have been abducted, and he was like molested. Right. And the kids are way embarrassed. Yes. Over this, and one of the kids is the daughter from Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. You know, it's. We have a we have a cup with uh, um, Harvey Firestein. We have a kind of a Mrs. Doubtfire mm. reunion. Yeah. Here. Right. But yeah, yeah, we have a Rihanna, we have a, the older son played by Rihanna Keeves. <laughs> I knew you would find a way. I, I, and his him. acting sucks. Remember him in Gone in sixty seconds? No, no. he's in that. <laughs> he's in an equally horrible part because there's this scene where 
Giovanni Ribisi, who's Nicolas Cage's younger brother, is listening off what everybody does. And like, that guy's good at computers. That guy knows how to break into this or that. And then uh, Rihanna Keeve sees... Uh, that guy's good at He's blogging. good at ordering pizza. And he's like, what? Well, people gotta eat, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> he has to help fish keys from the dog's fecal matter. Okay, that part I remember. Yes. All right. Yeah. And then, like, you have this very stereotypical Mexican who's like, oh, man, they get off on dog shit, man. Like, it's uh-huh. it's awful. It is so bad. In a movie, I, I have good memories of that movie. And, and I've just, just taken... <laughs> yeah, just... No, it's terrible. I cropped us to the wrong field on that <laughs> oh, oh, I'm a pilot. I'm, I'm a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so and then Stephen Hiller. Let's. Go, um, I think that's the final block here. Who I forgot how long it takes, it takes a while. Will Smith to get into this yeah, movie. It yeah. takes a good twenty minutes, but to kind of you get Vivica Fox before you get Will Smith, don't you? I think so. Yeah, yeah. So um, just to kind of like, there's more to him later. Which version did you watch? Did you watch the theatrical? I just watched the original theatrical oh. cut. Okay. But what we learn is he is a badass marine pilot. See, they, this movie, like the flip-flop and act like he's army at times. Mm-hmm. Because this is one thing I've learned from Marine. You don't call them soldier. That, no. no, 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 no. You say that like you're... Is that like their matchka? Yeah, well, it's like, <laughs> no. like it's, it's like that. that's associated with army. <laughs> and like... Take it, though. Porch by a bunch of machos. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I bit my dick off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then you go ahead and shit on your glasses somehow. So, okay. So all we really know at the beginning with Will Smith is that, uh, and I'm kind of fast-forwarding, but like, that he's a pilot. Mm-hmm. Well, he has high aspirations. Yeah. We get a little later the aspirations being NASA. He's with Vivica Fox, who we learn is a stripper, the worst stripper on the planet. Yeah, but not the a good best one. hair. Yeah. Her hair she is. She has a son who, you know, Will Smith is taking a liking to and vice versa. Fireworks, he's promised them. It's great. Oh, yeah. Alright, so it's a good setup. These are the camps. Right. So oh. what's awesome is the opening of this movie though, and it's great because we just we did Apollo thirteen. And it's a, it feels like a cool like kind of callback to that in a way. I, I like to think this takes place in the same universe. <laughs> and it's cool because you see like the plate for Apollo Eleven, and mm. you see like you hear the Neil Armstrong, and the theme is fantastic. The score in this movie is beyond reproach. You hear about that live where they they played the score live during the movie recently? I, oh, I've coming. always wanted to go to Holy one of those. Mother how, God, how do they mute the music? I don't. I, that's why I don't understand. Do they go back and cut it out? Maybe they do. I don't know. Or they mute that I John track. Williams I, does I bet that if you have the raw movies. track, you can mute it, mm-hmm. probably. All right, so the shot of, and it's probably, it's, it's the most famous shot of the movie, or, and it's repeated multiple times, but it's the shadow Taking that engulfs it. And it's so terrifying. And maybe that's really... Ter- no, 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 it is. I mean, it's it's very ominous. And like I said... Ominous is a better word. It's, uh, it, it's I don't want to call it a ripoff. It is influenced by Star Wars. Yes. It is the spaceship shot from New Hope. But it's so fucking cool. When you just see the Earth. You see Earth and how small it is. As in. And how big this ship is. And the fact that it's slowly creeping towards Earth. This is great. We had the banner back in our apartment yeah. of this. And how just fucking awesome that was. Yes. Yeah. And so, I guess the best way to kind of tackle this is like in the three acts of it. Because the first act of the movie... And they're really on or the days, July 2nd, July right. 3rd, and July 4th. Yeah. So the July 2nd is the the arrival. 
mm-hmm. and the arrival is done so spectacularly. Which we talked about this on the phone. Do you would you have started the movie with that moonshot, or would you have started it with Hiller? See, what you mentioned is a great. It's 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 a. I think that's a fantastic introduction for a character for the movie. I I think that seeing. Seeing the the moon and all that, I, mm. I dig that still. I, I really do too. Do. I, I wouldn't want to sacrifice it. I think the fact that the first thing Stephen Hiller sees is he's flipping through the newspaper. He looks to the left, and he looks to the right, and then he looks up and it's like, "Fuck!" Mm-hmm. Like, I that's that is an awesome interview, and I think that's one of the trailers. It it's, is. It is the. I think it's the original theatrical trailer. That, holy cow! You wake up one morning. <laughs> it's very nineties, but um. <laughs> What's cool is like even though like it, it looks like oh they're heading towards us like we get quickly so they they see him in New, the New Mexico station for SETI picks it up bam yeah. we get the guy comes down and says, oh the, the golf balls oh and, and and you know we he hears the signal then he calls you know Dan Arnold yeah. <laughs> Dan Arnold gets on the phone but when Kevin. how cool is it when they when they roll out the um, the infrared well sir the the radar isn't working but the infrared was able to capture this and you see like. Holy yeah, how big? Like, yeah. I like the, I like the dialogue with Robert Lozier, where they're trying to meteor. Yeah, they're trying to figure out whether or not it's a meteor. And he's, no, I don't think so. You know, what? Well, how, how can, can you tell? Yeah, how can you tell? Well, it's slowing down. It's what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what's what's great and like this is the difference. Like with the special edition, it's not necessarily this scene. What's great about theatrical is like I think like they found their marks to cut, move, move, move because we got to get. It's we, a long enough movie as it. Right, we so. got to get like. The science will come along throughout the rest of the flick. We don't wrestling need. We don't necessarily need to harp on it now. Mm-hmm. So it's fascinating how we get into like. By, I think is it are the are the city destroyers uh, moving down into the atmosphere with by like minute twenty or is it by about well fifteen it's minutes? Like tw- no, it's I'd say it's like twenty five. I, I remember because Hillary we first see with the earthquake, mm-hmm. right. And that's at about minute twenty. Okay. Yeah. So, how? So let's talk. Because the the first thing is the mothership coming, but then, dude, when those that shot of those things coming out to yeah. play, oh, holy, that's mother. a good one. And then those, I remember. Did you ever play the game? Yes. For the PlayStation, yes. Yes. I never played it. Was it good? No, but it was at the time. Yeah. I, I get it. At the time, it was fun. Now, I like the Die Hard trilogy. And, I still love yeah, that game. I like number one. The, the oh, I can't game. even play number two. I, I and, haven't, but well, it's number, so boring. Number three, I can't. The car. Oh, I'm talking about Die myself. Hard Trilogy too. Oh, <laughs> no, Die Hard Trilogy for PlayStation. Awesome. I love that game. The um, the Independence Day game. I, I did dig it. It's fucking hard as hell. It's yeah. like you had to wait for that thing to open. Yeah, you had to fly around, hope to God you don't get blown up. And then it, then you don't have like a five minute thing. You Are you an alien? No, you're, you're a killer basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, flying your F-18s, which is you know, right on. I'm down with that. But um, when you see those things arrive, all the various shots are like, I love, I think it's really cool that they started in the Persian Gulf, Mesopotamia, the birthplace of life, mm-hmm. basically, like we're a civilization. That's the first place that we're going to see that shot of it coming, like, through mm-hmm. the clouds. My God. Yeah. And then just the, how it precipitates from there, the one, in, the, the live footage from Russia that shows it. What's neat is, like, they don't, like, you notice how they don't even fully show it, like, they still... They've already revealed it when they showed him come off the mothership, but they don't fully like mm-hmm. reveal it from the human perspective until New York, I think. Yeah, because it's well in the U.S. Where were they? New York, Washington, and L.A. at the yeah. same time. Those yes. were the first the three. three most highly populated, arguably. 
yeah, mm-hmm. yeah parts of uh, the country. <clears throat> so when you, I like how it's revealed through those broadcasts and everything, and then of course, like what's it's, it's very typical of the American one. It's just mass hysteria immediately, and with good reason. I understand it. I get it. Except that cop. That cop. Fuck that cop. And the New York one, where that cop just stops in the intersection. That, that one. What? Yeah. And he causes a massive traffic accident and doesn't budge. And I, I mean, I get it. But at the same time, he probably just inadvertently killed that guy. I'll tell you, I love the Escape from New York extras that show up. They're like, they get up like, you see that? Yeah. Oh, the rough looking group. Yeah. yeah. Holy cow. Those he extras are awesome. There's some good, like, not... When you're, you can maybe have like one or two lines. You're not extra, but like we're the people that get onto the roof in L.A. or in New York and with all their signs. Okay, and all these there would be people like that. Let's talk about those idiots. Yeah, I like. This is so cool. Your sign sucks. Well, what is it? Welcome aboard, or welcome here, or like well, what is it? Welcome aboard. Is it tattooed on her dick? <laughs> I know the man. Make yourself at home is what it says. It's oh. so stupid. Don't mind if we do. This is the stripper. Yeah, uh, that works with Vivica but A. Fox. It's, I do like how they try to like. I don't know. They they do take it in segments with the ships coming down. It's like okay, first we got to do the public access or the mm-hmm. public address. We got to do, and then what's fascinating is how the cable, like the the thing with all the ca- the cable and the satellite feed and everything, is what ropes Levinson into this because it's like, yo, and he's like, yeah, man, this side, this look with my calculations, this uh, signal thing's gonna be gone a matter of. Uh, uh, hours anyway, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like it's, uh, and that's it. Like that's interesting how he gets roped into it. He figures it out like it's nothing that right. It's a countdown, countdown to yeah, because they they infiltrate our satellites right, and and this is to coordinate the timing of the attack. I find it hilarious. This they need our shitty technology. They need they need our shitty technology. Like they they don't have these capabilities. They need our satellites. Like mm, that's a little odd. But it's probably only there so that we can beat them. Well, that's how right. we do we it. We need a way. Right? And at the same time, it does take them 20 years to get back at us. So maybe they're not. prepared. <laughs> that's a great tagline for the sequel, too. So when they land, and it's like it's neat because like we have this lull of, like what is it, like 13 hours, they say in the movie, where like they're hovering. They're, like just, they're, sitting just, they're sitting there, and you're like... Is this the countdown clock? Yeah, it's something like because, that. I mean, they've got to drive from New York to Washington, which... No small feet. Yeah, yeah, it's not like a, it's like not a, a hop and a skip over. No. Especially probably not with potentially evacu you know, people smart people getting people, the fuck out. People right. evacuating, people looting. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Because that's going on like rampant. Right. I mean it's like a live action pirate bay. But yeah, once so once Levinson figures that he gets um, his dad to drive him, his Judd Hirsch should drive him to Washington because you know, he knows there's not gonna be a Washington, there's not gonna be anything. Well that's where his ex wife is. And also. that's where and she's yeah. not answering her phone. Right. And that's one of the extended scenes in the special edition that I liked. They show how he gets the number. Mm-hmm. They do not show that in the theatrical no. version. They show okay. it a little bit. It's a bit extended in the car. It's cute. Yeah, I like it. It, it it's yeah, exactly. It's cute, yeah. but not in like a ugh. no. Oh, oh, isn't that interesting? Um, so in L.A., once Stephen Hiller, once Will Smith sees the thing, he realizes, "Yeah, I got to go <laughs> immediately." Yeah. he's got to report back to El Toro. And he gets it so wrong. I don't think they threw 90 billion light years to start a fight. <laughs> that scene has got some of the weirdest dialogue. It's like how I like how he's like, it's like he's like Jasmine, what's your problem? She goes, walks over. That's why. <laughs> Opens a curtain. It's like, did you need to do that? Like, 
Did, was that necessary? It makes a point. By the end of that scene, it's like, you've got your chicken legs. Like, it's the, like, that scene where they go yeah. is bizarre. It is so bizarre. Well, you're not as charming as you think you are, Captain Hiller. Yes, I am. Yeah. Um, what the fuck is this? Like, it's just, it's, it is so, it's such a way to hotshot that these guys have a nice, cute relationship. That's all this is. Mm. And to serve the point that he's got to go to, you know, back to base. Find Eric Cotting Jr. Oh, yeah. God. All right, so there are other side characters. Harvey Firestein is David's mm. boss. He sucks. He's, is he his boss? I think he is. Is he? And I never, I never, because knew. like, I thought he was like, like his equal. He, and I, yeah. I, I mean, you might be right. I think he's, or at least a supervisory type of person in that building. Just seemed, he seems so reliant on David. Yeah. I think that's why. Well, David's an overachiever, or an underachiever, I guess, in that respect. One so of the biggest we, I've seen in Which, I mean, we've encountered multiple times. Like, we have a boss that's really not as smart as you are. Mm-hmm. You have vast more experience. Well, that's another story. That's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> so... Um, I guess when it finally gets down to it was like the 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 attack the shit in Washington. Yeah. Well, there's a movie that we'll never see where we get some backstory on the characters. Uh, I love the dialogue between David and uh, his father and Rebecca. Yeah, for lack of I can't remember her name. About when he punched Whitmore in the face, and he's like, "You punched the president?" Well, he wasn't the president then. Yeah, and it's like, oh, because he thought that she was having an affair with with Whitmore, which okay. What did you think? All right, what do you think of the welcome wagon? The welcome wagon? The, the helicopter that goes up there with the little lights. Oh. It's always bothered me. Like, I'm always like, what What were you thinking was going to happen? Oh, like, oh. What, what did you think? Like, we're going to flash the some... The first one to get right up to it. Yeah. And flash a bunch of lights. <laughs> they watched way too much Close Encounters and thought that would work. What was that? Yeah. Yeah, that guy gets... Um, it appears to be opening up. It's like Tuvok from fucking Voyager is the helicopter pilot or whatever. He's not, but it reminds me of him. Oh, Roll him up, boys. Yeah. <laughs> We're going AC. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by it is the one of the best riff tracks. By far. By far. But, um, alright, so when it gets down to the attack, because that's, that's really where we're at with this. It's incredible. It's, like, it holds, for the most part, it holds up. Yeah. It looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all, it's all practically uh, miniatures. I love, like, I was telling you, I love that there is no music no. when those things attack until Air Force One clears and then the music cue hits. It's nonstop, just visual sound. I mean, it is, it's terrifying because, mm-hmm. like, it's just, everything is just going to shit. It's amazing the tone of the movie for the most part is as light as it is because there are extremely dark moments in this movie. Yeah. I, uh, not to jump ahead, but as a kid, I was terrified of the Area 51 scene. Oh yeah, that man. All right, let me. Add, that motherfucker's still alive. Yeah, yeah. That's why I, I want to know how. Because and and they check. Baldwin checks his pulse. Yeah. So I mean, what was was his was Data's brother brought it's in? Lord. The, was Lord. oh god. I'm just I, mean, <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> um, he speaks for me. Okay, so. When they attack, though, like seeing it, th- like seeing those monuments get hit, like taking out, stepping away, looking at it from just a movie perspective, this was out of this world mm-hmm. to see. No pun intended. No, really, you'd never seen anything like this. No, the Empire State Building, just the way it just that shreds. explosion is, is probably my favorite. Yeah, just a systematic boom, 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 boom. It's done. Yeah. What's and what do they hit in L.A.? What is that building? Is that Not the Tower Records? Is it? 
Is it the Chrysler Building? No, it's Chrysler Building's in, not in L.A. Where is it? New York, I think. Yeah, it's New, New York, York as well. I don't know what that is. There's real. There's really not That's any the Sears Tower. Sears Tower. Tower. There's really not any big building you can hit it. I don't know. That's why I always thought it was the Tower Records because when you see '90s L.A. Well, silhouette, you'll see the Tower Records. I will say, Resurgence. Thank God, I think they're going after the Golden Gate Bridge. And I'm like, well, why not? Everyone else does. X-Men The Last Stand did. Yeah. Yeah. Terminator Genesis, Genesis did. did. Every, yeah. Everyone goes after that. Bridge. But at least they also acknowledge the joke. It's like, where Goldblum, they, they love to go, they love the monuments. They love the monuments. <laughs> it is which is Which is funny. Like, it is weird that they do go for the monuments. And, and the White House. Well, and that's why we were talking about last time. I was like, are they, like, what is the purpose? Like, is that where they think the most concentrated people are going to be? That's what I always thought. Or, because it's not like these, this isn't the center of this, like, the, the city no. at all, like, yeah. I mean, geographically or anything else. No, because my thing was always, well, what's the plan after? Because they've got two days right. to, fit, to recover and figure something out. And what are the aliens exactly doing? You know, like, like what, what, are they, what are they planning? I always thought, well... A ground attack? They were going to take out... Because don't they start to move to smaller cities after those Yes, because you see... Well, that, yeah. They go to Houston. Well, being exterminated, and you see those dots that show, I think, mm-hmm. what's been hit. Did you notice there's none in South Carolina? Well, hell no. They, they, we can tear each other apart. I, I think it, I think they might have gotten Atlanta, but they never... Well, Atlanta's like... Why oh. did I send my mother to Atlanta? Well, she's gone anyway, bitch, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> that, Daniel, I, 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 I love it when he's just like... Oh crap! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but okay, to to talk about the this dog in this movie, I love that dog. Is Don't the worry, reason gonna... man? This is the reason why dogs started dying in other movies because that shit's ridiculous. With that dog, it's where, the worst shot in the movie. Yes, with that oh, dog, the shot is yes, it's horrible. It, it comes running <laughs> and it, that dog jumps like no. First of all, you, they would be dead too. Because that ball of fire would suck all the oxygen right out of that little closet in the middle. It's, it's in, Here we go. Jason, no, but it's the, come go. on, come right. on. The movie is about aliens zapping. Right, but they, they come were, on. Don't they mention later that they were people? They thought, well, what about the people that got in the sewers and the subways? Don't they say, well, the fire sucked all the oxygen out of there? Don't they say that? Don't, don't they talk something? They're looking that? for survivors or talking about something. I mean, I may be it's getting... It's possible. I don't no, remember I, it, though. The only thing... Because that's a cool thing. The special edition, they give you a little bit more with the survivor recovery with Vivica Fox, which is kind of neat. It's kind of neat to see a little bit more with it, I think. Even Except though... for that. Yeah. Um, they, you didn't... No. Have I, you ever seen it? No. They come across a religious zealot. And it's... You know, there would be people like this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But it, it changes the whole tone of the movie for, for, for a brief period of time. And it's it's a movie stopper. Yes. Oh, is it? It's a movie, like, well, and, and it's not, it doesn't take long. But the whole movie stops. It's so not that written they can well at all. Mm. Yeah. You could do this and not do what they did, where it's like, because she asked him, like, "You want to come with us? We're going to El Toro." And he's like, "El Toro? It's over. It's over." Like he just goes full tilt with it. Oh, okay. And it's terrible. It's the one part in the extended version that I don't like. Yeah. Um. So after the um. Can we talk the, about the White House explosion? Okay, that's the final one we need to talk about. Because that's the iconic one. Because I was watching the trailers, and it's the way that I'm sure most people remember how it looked. They show the White House, they show the ship, <clears throat> done. But in the movie, it's light goes down, fire starts. Pre-explosion. Cut to the helicopter people reacting, and then cut back to the White House, and it's already starting to explode. Yeah. And it, it, it loses its dramatic punch in, with that one little cut to the, to the helicopter. I know they're on there. I, I know that because I saw them right. get in. 
And you know, and that's another thing. Whitmore just barely escaped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like because this happened within like a minute. But that that really hurts that scene. Like for me now because yeah. it's so unbelievably cool. Especially if you see that documentary where you see how big that miniature was. Yeah. And and how much real estate that it took up. I I loved in the context of movies where like nobody had really done that. Nobody had been able to, or nobody had taken on. Why did it take so long to think? So amazing! Like Like, this was the one of the first that really showed like that type that you could do that type of effect. Well, then like uh, what was it? Fifteen years later, when he did White House Down, he references it in one of the like someone's watching Independence Day while they're in the White House. I'm like, that's cool because he fucking hates the White House. Um, (laughs) So, I one of my favorite shots of that flick is without a doubt is. After it says July 3rd, and it comes to like that apocalyptic look landscape mm-hmm. shot in New York, and you see the main weapon close up, and you see the Statue of Liberty turned over, the, everything. It it looks like the post apocalypse. Yeah, it looks like Terminator Two. It yeah. it's it's awesome. In that Shh. to me, that holds up as one of the best shots of the flick is that oh, yeah. from its time. But anyway, so the the reorganizing mm-hmm. is fascinating because that what's so neat is we never see the aliens planning. We, you know what? Typically in these movies, we see like them. We cut like, to them in the mothership. <laughs> you know what I mean? We cut to them in the mothership, like planet. Yeah. Mm. But we don't ever. Mm. The only aliens we ever see are groundlings, basically. Like they're kind of they're dudes on the on the on the, like the army level or whatever. We never Grunts. see commanders. We mm. never see can, like we don't see any of those people above. That's why that's this is such a cool idea um, for a franchise. Because you could do so much world. Oh yeah, I mean, it was there was like, a mini series. You could do. There was a proposed idea to, for a sequel fifteen years ago where it, where we would go to their world. You know, it's like shit like that. It's like, oh, we could do so much. I'm coming. I'm coming for you. <laughs> I've been waiting for yeah. you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> would my been, It would have been really interesting to do like a one or two season miniseries about the world building I've, back up yeah. when this was over because totally. that's. That was always a thing we would talk about in school. Mm-hmm. Was what what does their world look like? Because it's so fucked. Like yeah. it's so messed up. Like I always said, when that big fucking ship finally comes down, I mean, you know, it destroyed even more. And mm-hmm. and who knows how many people died? Think about once the euphoria fell. of we won wears off. And it's like then it's, exactly. the, then it's the scramble for power. Yes, immensely because yeah. we're on an even playing field now, basically. Mm-hmm. So. It's an interesting thing with the sequel because the audience will be the fish out of water. Yes. Because, yeah, and that's the first movie that took place in our world and then a sequel that is vastly different in the future from ours. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting. But anyway. So, like, getting... So, the Back next... to the middle act, of this act, movie. Yeah. Act 2 is about getting everyone Area 51, mm-hmm. which is accomplished through Judd Hirsch. Just, it's... it's It is such a an easy way to get, get everyone moving towards Nevada because mm-hmm. he's like... Because it, that... I will say the Air Force One argument is fantastic. Like I like how that kind of unfolds, where you have reborn, you know, are, like are, talking about a full nuclear strike, and you know, Amer- oh, the America. whole argument over the, yes. the nuclear strike over American soil because Levinson yeah. comes in, he's like, "Yo, you can't do that. You're killing them. You're killing us. You're killing everybody." Mm-hmm. And I and I love when he was like, "Get him out of here." Yeah, and then. Judd Hirsch's explosion is fantastic because it's like you wouldn't no, be one from my David. I mean, all the you know Jewish stereotyping, you know, rem, you know, taken out of he it. He dials it up a bit. Mm-hmm. It's he, yeah. he's, it's a it's the best argument. And what's funny is like still nobody treats him with any respect. No, not mm-hmm. really. Crazy old man. Well, have they already nuked Houston yet? yet? Not yet. Not I, yet. 
Not yet. That's after they get to... Yeah, because they do do that. Mm-hmm. They get to Data in the desert. That's right. They, they nuke Booker T. Yeah. So, um, they're moving towards Area 51. You've got Randy Quaid. It's, that's the thing. Like, the movie doesn't do enough of... Like, like you see them from their, their RV. They see the thing... You don't. We don't see after the thing drops, like them retreating at all. We don't no. see their. We see everybody else having a scramble. I actually forget about him sometimes. Yeah, uh, as the movie goes. But based on the theatrical version, like they just show he's with the kids and they're moving. The RVs are moving and doing their thing. Um, that's how we end up getting to Will Smith. The Will Smith part. I, I, another part that holds up so well is this aerial battle yeah. over Los Angeles. No, it's, yeah. Holy cow! I mean. I mean it's very cool. It's it's what Star Wars would look like if you, it was on Earth. Do you want to start with That's his lines, like in the in the briefing room? Like let's he's a one liner machine. Like, but don't you feel like it's it's it, it's so wonderfully necessary because we've just seen all like these major cities. Oh, it keeps the tone light. Mm-hmm. It's it brings it back to light because it mm-hmm. feels like my God. Uh, apparently, the ET line was improvised on the spot. What? It's awesome. I yeah. love that. I, 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 read, I, love I read that somewhere that a lot of Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum's dialogue was improvised with each mm. other, which is great because it's like it's very memorable. Yeah. When they get up there and start, this is where, okay, before we get up, we need to talk about Harry Connick Jr. because I, I cannot stand him in this It's the worst character. He um, kicked the tires and lapped the fires. Yes. Because that's where we get the reveal that Hiller wants to be in NASA. Mm-hmm. Nobody will ever get your wife because she's a never, you know, nobody will ever, <laughs> nobody ever get your wife because she's a stripper. No, nobody ever let you into NASA. Apparently, if you have, a I've never, I've never why? heard that mm-hmm. being a why? problem. I've never understood that. So, um, with with the battle though, it's awesome why because are they friends. I know, like that's the yeah. other part. Like, I don't see how it. can anybody stand this guy. And you know what part of the movie I really hate? Like, and I mean it too. I hate it. Is when they're in the planes right before, or um, right before the uh, the aliens start coming in, and Harry Connick Jr. starts fucking talking. Of oh, the Martin Luther King speech. Yeah, bitch. and then it cuts to every individual person in their individual planes, and they're listening to him talking. They're just no, <laughs> oh that dumb that Jimmy, ass. that Jimmy. That, oh, it, it's so over the top. He needed to be our truth Jimmy and not be in the movie. Whoa, that's what he needed to be. Like not I, in it. I really hate that. But don't you? You have to have your one of your heroes lose a best friend. He I mean, he copies this shit. This is a Roland Emmerich trait. He copies it in White House Down. When have you seen White House yeah. Down? When Jamie Foxx says, uh, "I want to do the thing," and they're like, "What's the thing?" And they refer to it as the thing, but it's this thing where he just flies around the Capitol building being a dick, and and everyone's just oh, he wants to do the thing, and they're up in the front of the plane just. Oh. That president of ours. <laughs> I don't have a family to get back Obama's to. Obama's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's just, oh, it's so cheesy. <clears throat> but um, that battle of Once the shit starts. Is so cool. Because I do love the fact that they have shields. Yeah. That's awesome. That they, that yes. So basically attacking this thing is useless. And so then when the alien fighters come out, oh my god. How about the first guy who eats it? Those are like, oh, they're not fun. Dude, he pulls a fork. He does. He's just... <laughs> like it just messes up, has a heart, has heart attack in his plane, and it explodes. I love, what the fuck, man? Like we were talking about this, Harry Connick Jr. You told me that this is something that no, no pilot is ever supposed to do. No. I don't know what he did. He just all of a sudden like had a brain shutdown. Oh, just, yeah. I'm losing air. So like he they, explain it to me. So like, and I do like the fact, like it makes sense to me that they wouldn't have that much fuel because it's supposed to be attack. Mm. Finish, go home, and that's it. Yeah. It makes sense they wouldn't have a lot of fuel. So 
getting out. Like, so once it all goes, it's going bad. Whitmore and those guys are like, bring him back, bring him back. Get him out of That's here! That's the best. Get him out of there! Well, there might be a moment of just shut up, reform. All right. Lipsicky. Lipsicky. <laughs> um, uh, so they, it's full retreat, right? Mm-hmm. But apparently everybody else gets wiped out except those two. How about that shot when they hit the deck in the city? Yeah. And then they, they level out. They level out. Holy uh-huh. cow. So they get out to the desert. And Will Smith is like the greatest pilot ever. Oh, and of course the line, oh no, you did not just shoot that green shit at me is yeah. awesome. But when they're out there and like they're being pursued by, by two fights. It's two, two of them. Two on two. And apparently, even though like they're doing fine, Jimmy feels the need to, I'm going to try something. Don't do that. Or it was like, it was like, remember what I taught you? Or what's his line? Like, you know me. That's what I'm talking about. That's the line. I'm going to try something. Don't do anything stupid. You know me. That's what I'm talking about. Ah, I can't breathe. (laughs) So he tries. It's like he tries to go really fast and bank hard, Mm -hmm. which what would that do? I don't know. Like that's I. I still don't. Like, I don't understand. Those like, are the listing lazily. This is like, hard in a movie where the editing is almost sublime. Yes. This I think something's lost. Like of course, what happens when you pull that that many G's? Like you're gonna like you're you're gonna pass out. Like you're gonna you are gonna run out of oxygen. Like you know it's if you watch the right stuff or watch mm. any of these things. Like you know Space Cowboys yeah. did it too. They do the same scene. You know where you know they're they're just seeing how much they can take. You can't do that, especially when you have an F-18 that's probably going, I would say, like, if not mock, they're going close. Yeah. They're getting there. So, I know what you're talking about, though, because, like, then, like, he's, like, just careening yeah. to the side, and this alien's like, bip, bip. I can't say. Jimmy, no! <laughs> and the audience Hunts tomato soup. Yeah. Just, thank God. No one clapped. It was the, Okay. I did. What I do love, though, is once he's out of the way, Will Smith one-on-one... Or, or one on two. I think the one gets blown up somehow in the canyon, right? Doesn't it hit like some rocks or something? Something like that. One gets killed off in the thing. But Will Smith, like, and dogfighting with that one fighter is great. It's that one shot in the canyon. It goes bip, 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 bip. Where, like, mm-hmm. he kind of does this zigzag through it. It's so cool. And I love that. Like, a fly this thing undercover. Like, yeah. he, he is. The way he beats him. Yeah. Like, it's very that's cool. That's the thing. Like, he doesn't even beat him. No. Because even he's like, son of a. Bitch. Yeah, because like, he almost didn't make it. Yeah, so when he ejects and you see the alien ship just crash into the side of the canyon, skip across, <laughs> it leads to, of course, just the... The iconic... The iconic... Well, exchange there. of the... Welcome <laughs> exchange. Yes. Dude, he fucking goes Muhammad Ali. You know? Yeah, <laughs> he really does. <laughs> he, he's auditioning for the part. Yeah, I, and, I love the, the... This is one of the critiques that this movie got a lot that I don't agree with. I love the design of these aliens. Yeah. Like, and if you watch... Nicosopolis designed them. Really? Yeah, he's the, that's the national name like, of the guy. The, 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 the documentary showed how they did it. It's so cool. Because it's all practical. You know, in the movie, it's just these flailing arms. Yeah. It's just four guys off the set. Oh, is it? Like, <laughs> doing that. Coffee. Keep going. That's, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It looks amazing. And, and you get to see it kind of do it and... And come towards the camera, and of course the camera is just a fist because that's all he gets. Yeah. Well, that's I remember that being really cool, but then I'm also like, so these aliens can get knocked out. That too was yeah. a little because we we've been built or conditioned that aliens are tough and mean and scary, or they're comical. And clearly, these aren't comical aliens from what they just did. But then it, this one was just 
and not only knocked out, but knocked out long enough for him to drag him across the desert in a parachute. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a which fucking... the other thing you could write off, even though that's supposed to be protective armor, is like I'm sure it sustained some pretty significant trauma from yeah. the the collision with the mountain or the canyon. I mean, there's I think there, you can justify with there's a reason the aliens need these shields, right? And the and bodies are just as frail as ours. They're as frail as ours. I I, I like that. I, I like that. If you hit it hard enough, it can get knocked out. That's that's kind of cool. This, the cigar thing, I love. I love that trope in the movie. For oh, I mean for Will Smith. Oh, um, like not until the fat lady sinks, and like they they do in the breathing the a little thing. bit, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. And then you know, that's what I, I call it. Close I, and I think it's so. I think it's almost like sad that, and I wish they would have done more with just his reaction. Like yeah, of course you have to do. Now that's why I call it close encounter, which is another great trailer line. Yeah, but at the same time, like that's a sad moment. Like, your entire flight gone. is gone. Your best friend is gone. Like, well, you know, for probably for good reason. He'll, don't worry, he'll do cell phones. He'll be all right. He'll float. He'll float, my friend. He'll be a copycat. It's all right. But you know what I mean? Like, it's it's the only thing that Will Smith doesn't do well is sell that that's done for. And maybe... And I don't think it's in the script. No. Because Will Smith, when he tries, can be a great actor. Yeah. A, a truly I'm not going to hold it against him. I just think it's something you could have done because... Holy shit. Like, you probably knew a lot of those guys very well. They were all really yeah. great pilots. It's not like you just, hey, this is my buddy. He's going to be flying with us today. You're... Right. We'll say, though, that <laughs> shot of him dragging the uh, the okay. carcass. That's, what it's, that's my favorite shot in the movie when he sees all those RVs coming at him and he just starts doing this. Like, that, that there is such a, a beauty to that. And you just wonder, like, <laughs> so what was the RV budget? <laughs> so, it, so let's bring it to Area 51. That's perfect because yeah. that's like because that's that's where that's we're really we got to go now. So now you've got the presidents there. God, it's such a great dialogue too. Yeah. That area, like that's one thing this movie does really well is it incorporates a lot of history slash myths about our our history with aliens and incorporates it into the story. Yeah, I really like that. Sure, because it, it adds a, a weight to it. Yeah, the um when they get there. So you got Adam Baldwin, who's kind of like the Air Force guy in charge, mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. here. Um, who I will argue is the only guy who's interested in doing his job in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, really like on the Rift Tracks, like nobody. Yeah, everyone's so annoyed with their damn job, except for him. Yeah. But um, we meet Brent Spiner, who is Doctor Oaken, who's basically the 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 resident nut who's, job. He's useless. I mean, he is useless. He just walks in there so you can get the, the special the edition special shows. edition. He's even dumber. Yeah, like he looks. At we don't know how to turn this thing on. It just. You've had it for 40 years. Well, Levinson's just like, oh, because he's like, we don't know what these these things are. It's like the Matrix. It looks like the right. Matrix thing going on. And he just plugs in his little portable computer. Like, oh, it's a signal or something. Yeah. That's all it is. He's like, oh, you're starting to make us look bad. Cut. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Data. Yeah, thanks, Data, dickhead. But um, the convergence of Hiller with the RVs, Randy Quaid, because Randy Quaid oh, yeah. picks him up. And all this is great because now we start to get our subplots realized. Because Vivica Fox, we haven't talked about it, but she's right. part of the survivors. And the important thing about her survival extrication is she finds the first lady, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who we we wrote off as dead. What a punch in the gut, too! Oh, yeah. because it's like, oh, they they saved her, and and it's Mary McDonald, right? Yeah, she's fucking great in this movie. Yeah, there's like, not a lot to do, but no, she makes the most of it. Yeah. She really does, and they, they have a great little dialogue. That I really like. That has a great little like last line. Yeah, but the, I voted for the other guy. Yeah, I love the, the the cute thing between him and his wife, where she always calls him. She knows when he's lying and calls <sighs> him out on it. Dude, I, that, ooh, it, it it felt a lot for heavier. Roland Emmerich movie. I, I know it doesn't belong here. But it I'm is. so glad it's here. <laughs> I mean, you got two good two. I mean, I'm not gonna say they're great actors. They are very good actors. Mm-hmm. 
And they both deliver in a very like what four line great four line scene. And the dial and then the, and then the kid, and the daughter. I mean, like, his mommy sleeping now. Just <sighs> yeah. I mean that. What's crazy is like you know this is Area Fifty One. It's like there's no like you see no security. No. You see like it's it's almost like a regular hospital mm-hmm. and, and all this stuff. I do like in the special edition like how we, we kind of see like the um, almost like the class structure where it's like kind of that kid's sick. But we won't see him, and he's like, "You're going to see my son." I do, see that. That's, that's one. Of, that's why I don't do the theatrical version anymore. It's like it, it, that's they give, interesting. They I give like Randy that. Quaid more to do. You know, he has something he has to do. But um, all right. So what's important to really hit in this for the series fifty one? Because there's well, this is when we learn shit. Mm-hmm. Because they have a ship. They have. They so have a ship. They plug from in. their fleet. They use the Roswell thing to say this is when they first came. Right. Yeah. Which is and I here's love some that. corpses. Here's some bodies. Yep. Yeah, and they're just kind of floating yep. there. And yep. Yep. holy. So, it's so cool. Um, you get a look. So with the they other side, they want to open it up. They want to do an autopsy on the right. one that, on the alien that Will Smith brought. That with okay. Hiller. We'll start with that. That's good. Okay, because that's the. It's another frightening part of that movie. The scariest part of the movie. I mean, when that thing flies open, the theater it's, it's, just. The it's theater. such a great cliche that I love when they use is when they when you think the body's dead and they just see that and you're like yeah. oh no yeah the one the one Asian doctor is like, that one you know the one guy I'm talking about the one Asian doctor in there who like when he it's like this oh, oh yeah yeah that guy's awesome yeah. it's just I don't know what his job is supposed to be but he just reacts that's all his job is that scene is just mm-hmm. react don't really do anything to help anybody right. just react panic well, and well, there's, breathe there's also this kind of men in black thing where um there's an alien inside of the alien kind of thing. Like when they open it up, and that's, that's the actual. Thing, that, right. That's the one yeah. that controls it. And it's weird, but it's a, it's a really cool idea that, that they have to work around. And <laughs> I love movies like this where they cut something open and it's just oozing. And like, this is where like the special effects guys can just go nuts with this shit. Yeah, you know, it's like like Tremors and the Graboid first mm-hmm. hits and just shit everywhere. And just, wow. But yeah, this thing just comes to life and wreaks fucking havoc. Yeah. So then, like, and what's, this is what I did not understand watching it this time. They just stroll up, like everyone just kind of walks up to the glass, like, oh, well, I didn't go as planned, did it? No. Like everyone just kind of—they're reacting a little oddly. Yeah, like, it's like you don't have cameras, you're not watching yeah. this. Like, what's going on? And then it's like you, you can't tell me there's something more important going on in this area of fifty-one. Say, yeah. <laughs> and so then, like, when we like, I I think it's neat that the thing uses Brent Spiner's voice to be able to communicate English to the. That's so cool. I like, what do you want us to do? Yeah. Die. Yeah, die. I love it. There's no subtext. Mm-mm. There's no bigger I don't meaning. understand. I, well, it's also been established at this point that these aliens, uh, and I don't know how they figure this out, are going from planet to planet. Right. And just robbing us of life. It doesn't make sense in terms of, it makes sense as a movie that we need to learn more information that the alien bonds with Whitmore or does this thing. Like, like, why does he need to do that? There's no, well, we know why he needs to. Whitmore needs to get the information, understand that, um, how to beat them, and oh. then to set up Nukem, I guess. Nukem. Yeah. <laughs> but, Duke um, Nukem. Uh-huh. That was the rip track. Duke <laughs> Nukem. Get him on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> There's an awesome like I love the bit though when the president like faints and they're like, "Is that glass bulletproof?" No, sir. Yeah. I'm kind of like mixed about. I'm like, why isn't it bulletproof? Right. I would totally think that's bulletproof. But no, no, seriously though, why does the alien 
do that I with don't women. No, like he doesn't need to do this. He needed to. We mean business, bro. It's my yard. <laughs> you want to see the shit I've seen? when Jeff Goldblum kind of loses it he kind of reaches his low point in the movie yeah and then we collectively reach a low point because the nuke thing doesn't work oh my god I, I love and James it's Reed so Moore. bizarre yeah that, how they react to it without seeing it mm. yeah it, it's just well I mean, Reborn does he's the one who like yes oh we hit we got a hit yeah. and like do you need visual confirmation like for that poor Houston Texas I can't wait to see how they explain this in the movie because you have to acknowledge that we just like we've nuked the city, and the fallout's got to be immense. It's a ballsy move uh, for a summer movie. Yes, to do that because it does like it's because it's something if I you don't forgot about. If you don't stay with the light tone of the movie, you could easily be focused on. Oh my god, we just and right. they try to write it off with Venice War of the Worlds. They, mm-hmm. they, they try Which to write is it off really with, dark. Oh, civilian casualties should be in a minimum because everyone evacuated. But it's still it's really like, and it, just, it's a city that big. Really, that yeah. <laughs> yeah, they the, they should be, and they okay. seem they seem okay with it. I mean, it's right. Like Houston is is not far from the Gulf of Mexico. You mm-hmm. that's all going to be fucked. Mm-hmm. This whole thing is fucked, yeah, man. So I mean, it's um, yeah, I that's that that's one thing. It's so unsettling. It's so unsettling to watch that to this day. That they would be willing to do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, Adam Baldwin is so focused on just like God damn it. Like, <laughs> the way he chucks that uh, that headset when he figures out like we <laughs> didn't work. Back. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm-mm. But it, um, I like how it looked in the movie where they show it because then it has like a red tent. Yeah. It back to the same apocalyptic look that New York had, yeah. but it's from what we did. It's not from what the aliens did. Exactly. Mm-hmm. To kind of talk more with Hiller, like, so Vivica Fox, because um, Hiller stole, or he steals a chopper to go rescue her and all the people. So he's reunited with her. We do see that Jeff Goldblum and um, Rebecca. Or Connie is her name in the movie. I don't I know. Do not remember. I think it's Connie. They have a Margaret Cohen. Right. Her name? <coughs> yeah. They, no, I like their scene together. And that's that's one of the great things about the movie is that a movie like this does not require character development of any kind. Like, and I love it people knock very, back for this. I'm just like, go oh, find I know they, what they the do. What is your problem? And I'm like, this movie has more character development than it should ever have. Yes. And it helps the movie. Right. Incredibly. Right. Yeah, because that's. Why this movie is like held on to? That's why people care about this movie is because they remember the characters. Their their scene together is some kind of, I guess, rounds out the underachievement of David Levinson because he uh, he liked what he did. She had higher aspirations to do something more, and you know that's ascend to ascend in the political world, mm-hmm. which led to the dissolution of their their marriage. Which great line, I love that. He's like, didn't you want to be a part of something special? <laughs> It's it's an awesome line. It's if you want to have the silver, yep, yeah, I see it. It's incoming. Yeah, yeah. I can see you, it coming a mile. If away. you want to win an argument with a silver bullet, he just fired it. That, That's it. Like you can't come back from that. The person cannot come back at you. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. But um, it, we start to get the return though. We start to get the upswing back to where we get the end of Act Two, where it's like, well, you're gonna, you know, David, you're gonna catch cold if you're. If you lay here on the ground like this, his dad telling him, like, you know, everyone loses faith. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and stuff. and Catch a cold. And then, Which, yep. I think South Park made fun of that with how you can make such a logical leap. when Just when they, when someone would hear a sentence. Yeah. Oh. 
And it's it's neat. Like it's neat how he, he comes up with yeah. the virus, like mm-hmm. and everything to lower their shield. You do a special and, shout out for that one shot of Brent Spiner when he when, when the alien's oh. going by and he's just like doing this. With that's him. you know what? That's what I'm. I fucking yeah. love that. Yeah, like, he's a much better actor than Data ever really was know, allowed to be. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I can't wait to see what the fuck they're doing in this next movie. It <laughs> must be still alive. It must be archival footage or something. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. It, like I said, look at the trailer. It looks like he's in the movie. Yeah, it looks like he's there, not and with new tech stuff too. And like, I told you about the Whitmore stuff. Like I, I love the explanation of why the alien melded with it with him, but like it's a part of the movie. Yeah, I mean that's and fine. That's I, a it's great like, idea. Incorporating it to give it more explanation. Oh but exactly. But um, all right, so they can the lower the shields. <laughs> wow, uh, it's kind of <laughs> cool. I mean, I, do you think it's kind of like one of those like yeah like. You, you know when you read into things, you're like, oh, what are they, shoot. Pepsi people? You know what I mean? Like, you know, some I hate, I, 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 I try not to. It's hard to sometimes. So with that one, I've always skipped over it for years. But this song, I was like, I, I love how absolutely dangerous this is. That he would have him shoot the coke can when the shields were still up, and you can hear the bullet bouncing around. Like for a this while. could have easily hit somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's so cool because that's how we finally get paired up with the tag team of the movie. We finally get to see the buddy work. movie that the, could have sustained the, the, the hawk and animal of this movie. Oh, <laughs> no selling oh what a virus! <laughs> <laughs> so Levinson is going to upload the virus after Hiller flies the. I like it. So you have experience. I've seen him in action. Mm. That doesn't really do us a whole lot of good. I like you know when. What's her name, Connie? She's like yeah. talking to Hill or Hiller, talking to David about like, why are you? Why do you have to go up? Yeah, and. This is one of those times where his response actually totally makes sense. You know, where, oh, I have, you know, someone else is going to screw this up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Easily. And it's a great callback, too. It's like, you always, always want to be a part of something bigger. Well, he's going to save the world. Right. That. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay, because that's what I was trying to remember when I was on the phone with you. The, the, those little moments that would come back. You know, and it's like, sit, sit, because in the beginning of the movie, he's saving the world on a small scale. Like, because right. there is a reference earlier in the movie about recycling. Right. And now he's getting to save it on a big scale. Yeah. That's one of the best callbacks in the movie. All right. So, I think what's crazy is, like, it's only at this point now where we get to see the rest of the world. Remember how they communicate? Like, they have a way to bring down their shields. I love that America is what's going to bring it all oh, down. Yeah. You just hear Hogan's music. So who do they show? They show the, the English. They show the Palestinians. Yeah. Well, they show them like kind of hanging out. They show all the planes hanging out in the desert, right? Mm. They, who do they contact? The British guys are like, yeah, we're getting a communication. Oh, it's about about bloody time. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't thinking of shit. Chinese, <laughs> Russians, yep. anyone else? Do they do Australia? I don't know. I don't think it, so. I'm... <sighs> Australia. Because that would be... There's not... Oh, it's a continent? It's a continent <laughs> and a movie. <laughs> oh, wow. Lee, well, I'll let you do fill in the gaps there, sir. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, is, so, it, is it speech time? But it's fat. Oh, it's getting We're there. getting there. But now it's like, we got to get some pilots together. This is where mm. we bring Randy Quaid back. I'm a pilot. <laughs> the other pilot we need to mention is, uh, you know, over-the-top truck driver... Like the guy with the long hair, the Marlboro Man, Sam uh, Elliott. Yeah. <laughs> that guy is awesome. Uh, we get to see him in the plane. Like, I know you're talking about. He's sort of like the co-pilot Lando. Like you know, he just—he's not really going to say anything. You understand? He doesn't say anything at all. He just has that reaction in the plane. Like, no missiles. 
Shit. <laughs> Why'd I do this shit? Has anyone got any red man up here? <laughs> in my yard. It's <laughs> just in there All of it. mumbling it. <laughs> just, uh, my yard. But yeah, I love the organization of pilots, recruiting pilots. Yeah, I'm, I'm a pilot. I'm a pilot. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and then you get to bring in, you get the speech, but then he also goes and goes ham because does he decide to pilot before? See, or after? You don't know when he does the speech. Yeah. When he after he does the speech, he goes, "Let's go," and he gets the pilot gear. And Robert Loge's like, "You know, I'm not trying to get to do it. I belong in the air." Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is like right there is like best president of all time. Yeah, it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, because <laughs> the fact that he's like an amazing pilot. Too. Yeah, and he's. It's showing what a good, I mean, like a good leader would do. Is a good leader's not going to expect anyone else to do anything. They're not We've willing to. We've had a commander in chief that's a pilot. We've yeah. always had commander in chief on the ground, if any. Yeah, that's right. what's neat. So, the speech is like, I mean, it's the most iconic part of the movie. Yeah, yes. say it has to be. Oh, Today we celebrate all. Oh, oh, America. And you said it's a first draft. Yeah. It's a first draft. It's so cool. Yeah, there's not a thing about it that I'd change. Like, did you realize that that's what got the movie to be named Independence Day? You, well, yeah, they had Independence Day wasn't the name of the movie. It was when it, it was when it was going to come out. Yes, yeah, and then ID four. It was yeah, it, and then all of a sudden they were like, we this could be the title, and I think they had to like work something they out did. to make sure that they could secure that. Yes, because Warner Brothers owned it. The what? title for what? How do you own the the name of a holiday? Well, I think they owned it in, in, in reference to a project. I think they owned it in reference to a project is what it is. Oh. Which you can do. Like, I mean, oh, sure. Yeah. Like a future project yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah, you just lock it down in the copyright or whatever. Well, they could have called it Mars Attacks. <laughs> which they had to beat that movie. Right? Yeah. And for I wholeheartedly like, crushed it. Oh, oh, sure. Mars. Different me, different movie oh. completely. Oh, I love Mars Attacks. Oh, it's a good movie. It's just a very different Oh, it's a whole... Yeah. It's I a enjoy. parody. It's a parody. But... Um, the speech is just it's and it, you're right like it's because I like that Pullman recognizes that like there are people here that don't like really want to be with each other like mm. Israeli Palestinian like oh, Iraqi the movie was banned over there yeah mm. all these guys like they, 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 um, uh, they nobody wants to be around each other but I love that his like you know and we Grant, could as a human race we could overcome any problem imaginable if we just let petty shit go yeah, it's, mm-hmm. that's what it amounts to. Yeah, and that's really the message of the movie. Yeah, which, totally. Which I think is phenomenal. And uh, we talked about this on the phone. Something like that could easily be incredibly cheesy. And just be, like, cringeworthy. It like, is cheesy. It is not cringeworthy. Yeah. Right. Right. I do think it I is think cheesy. I think it absolutely okay. works. Yes. I, it worked. I, like, in terms of a patriotic movie, oh, this is Man, the I one. Want, I, yeah, I... I it ropes you in. It's a. It's one of the. It's a very arousing. Yeah. To give you your patriotic boner. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not in the same lie, way. I, I get one from like Air Force One. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. like it's a like cinematically, it is damn near perfect. And mm-hmm. and you know it, people can make fun Remember of it all they want, but I know as a kid when you see something like oh. that in the theater, you're like, I'm ready to go. Man. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do this shit. Remember one of the uh, I want an Apple computer. I'm with you, Lone Star. One of the ads on the TV spot was something like, "You'll wish your theater had seat belts." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> this is yeah, this movie's a ride. But when they um, so it, it then devolves into two movies. Then we've got the air. They got the air battle over Air right. Fifty One, and, and then we've got Hiller, and we've got Levinson. I have to got to get me one of these. Yeah, mm-hmm. once a. It, it's uh, it's a cool callback to the NASA thing with like uh, like when right. he gets outer space. That's really cool. Will Smith, a one liner machine. Yeah. The stuff in the mothership is, I mean, 
it, it's incredible. It's so cool when they when they when they fly into this as well. Cause yeah, like, and you see all these aliens just amassed. Like, are they planning a ground attack? Like, yeah. like, like, the, there's a lot of underlying little thing, like things that could happen. Now, is that a nuclear warhead they have attached? Because I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. Mister Lovejicky, fire. So wait, they got a nuke on the ship? I thought they did. The missile they fired mm-hmm. into the mothership. Well, the plan is to. So what? So hold on. The plan is to get into the mothership, upload the. <laughs> <laughs> Upload the Windows 95 virus yeah. from a Mac computer. From a Mac computer, and then all the shit's gonna go down outside, like like back on Earth. And then, when, like at, a, at an indeterminate amount of time, they're gonna launch this warhead. Right. And then they got 30 seconds, basically. Yeah. So they can blow up the mothership. Right. Because if you blow up the mothership, then like it does. Like, is it one of those things where if you you kill the head and the body will fall. Is it Could one of those? The communications will go down and make them easier to pick off at least. Right. That's right. true. Because then they can't reboot the, sh- the whatever to they don't, the ship. They, I don't think they establish in the rundown in Area 51 that there's a central power source that like if this They is- don't. It's the one thing that's missing. Yeah. Yeah, because it's all coming from our satellites. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, is it weird that the mothership looks smaller than the 14 mile yes, wide is. spaceship? It this does. is confusing as hell yeah. to me. It, it's, it's definitely like... It, um, the city, the city destroyers take the piss out of the. Yeah, the I don't get. When you this. finally see, it, you're like, oh, wow, it looks like a little bug. Yeah, <laughs> it does look like a bug. But anyway. so the I, I love their exchanges up there because they will have like they got good banter, and it's funny because like they'll be sentimental, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh really? You think? Yeah, like they're they're shooting they're they're, 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 shoot, they're shooting at us. <laughs> Oops. Yes, I yes. When when I. I because they could, they do come to that moment like oh, check out like because the thing can't dislodge you have to mm. do the, shut the all right, all right put up the uh, put, put up the blinders right oh I love when they when you can see like the like, it's not really a queen but like the head alien just kind of turn around and go, oh shit hi oh he sees us they just like get down it's fucking great it's all yeah. they can do and it's another low point because then they they live the scars like I guess this like and it's weird it's like they still have the missile to fire off but then it's like they're it's like they what kinda, are they waiting for? I know, like they're they kind of talk to each other like they're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it's this kinda, is the part I don't understand. Like I I don't know what it is that they're waiting for. I get the uploading the virus, but I would think you'd want to shoot that rocket and I, as soon as humanly possible. But man, another it's not even a it's not a one liner. It's a one word. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing below. All right, so that like so okay. The rest of that stuff, um, God. you you can you can keep that, man. Yeah. You can leave that out of any edition. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Will Smith needs to be reined in a little bit here. See, that's the thing. Like, this is like, why I'm not going to miss like, it. I don't mind when he just says, peace, Yeah, and fires it. Nothing but love. Like, what are you even talking about? Yeah. You're just saying stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Roger Piper's one-liners and they live. And here, oh, the yeah. problem is, once he starts, Goldblum has to start. And then it's just, it's just Dude, bad. Dude, Goldblum, you are fine on your own. Man, just <laughs> but then, like, I love how they're cool with each other, and then uh, they're, they're shooting us. Oh, oh, really? You think? And then, like, that's we, fine. We don't like each other now. <laughs> yeah. Now we're back to not like. But then we get, like, a Jurassic Park callback. Yeah. Must go faster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's cool seeing the heroin. It's, it's so cool when they just barely make it out. And, and they, I always love that, too. If in the last possible second, they start screaming. You know, when they do that in movies, like, oh. Elvis has left the building. Yeah. Probably not needed as well. Nope. No. Not at all. So now, the city destroyer is getting down. Well, this fucking thing explodes and almost engulfs them. 
Yeah. Like it almost like looks like it creates like a Star Trek black hole. With them trying to outrun the explosion. The battle over Air 51 is cool because now with the shields down, you get to see a proper dogfighting where, like, now these guys, we can fire missiles and take out their fighters. It's good. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, how did the aliens know to come to Area 51? I don't remember that part. How? I bet they picked up, like, some type of, like, they could, I'm sure they have some type of radar. Sort of like Days of Future Past, like the, okay. the Sentinels can just like, know. Yo, there's something over there. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, didn't they say that when the spaceships were around that it activated that spaceship that was in Area 51. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They could have okay. tracked. Could have. Yeah. 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 Um, and then they start heading that way. That, that, um... But then the problem, because I like how there's another obstacle. It's like, we're just not doing enough damage, man. Like, we're... Yeah, it does, it's not doing shit. Yeah. It's just little... It looks like a little tiny explosion on this it's ship. just classic video game fashion. What? That big glowy thing. Mm-hmm. Just shoot it back. Right. Shoot the boss battle. Yeah. It, it is a boss battle. Yeah. Because it's... Because I'm, tr- I'm watching the movie, like, trying to think logically how they could think of this. You know, like, oh, well, if we just have a nuke, the nuke, right. then... Right. And the music that happens when that, when that you know, goes off is great. So Randy Quaid, basically, uh, Whitmore runs out of missiles. Right. Everybody's out. Everybody's out. And then Randy Quaid shows up. Now, one I've quick seen question. two versions of this. Now, quick question. The is the yeah. bad missile the same one he almost accidentally fires off in the beginning? Like, oh, you? man, that part is awesome. He's like, oh, shh. Oh, crap. They're, they're so desperate for pilots, they'll let him in drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And yet, yeah, he almost launches the missile. Is that the one that jams? Mm. I didn't think of that. No, I've always wondered that. He might have accidentally jammed it himself right. by canceling it. So let's talk about where this was supposed to go and where it ended up. Because the original ending or original take for this was supposed to be Randy Quaid like doesn't get into the the new Air Force. Mm-hmm. Um, he has to go get his crop dusting plane and steals a missile. Which, with with a at missile. least logically, it would have been there because it was tied. Right. It was on the back, so at least that much. With the missile duct taped, that he was just going to. This fly is into the... one of the handful of times that the test audience was right. I hate this. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hate the original ending to this movie because it, it, this is a father. This is a man with responsibilities. And he's those kids are going to need a father after all this shit's done if we make it. And he purposely now, goes on a suicide mission. Here's, here's the thing. The only way this could have worked is you would have to have set it up where he's on the ground. He's seeing the battle going down. And, of course, he's like, fuck, I can't do anything. Like, yeah, I can't be up there to help. And then when he hears, like... You have him here that they're all out of they're they're running low on missiles, things are going bad, and it's like you know it, you could have one last moment with your kids, you know, like, man, I got I know I can do something. Mm-hmm. And then that's when he makes his choice. It it still is not as good as the the, the ending they added. Because mm-hmm. the first one you'd have to do some back work is what I say. You can't just have him show up out of nowhere. Right. No. The original ending is a suicide. The second ending is a sacrifice. And mm-hmm. that's far more compelling. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get to see him wrestle with the, with, with the idea and see so the picture cool. of his kids. I'm here, Mr. President. Like, Because you know, I love how he, he sees the president before. He's like, um, he has a, I'm trying to remember the moment he has with the president before they go up there. And, and Whitmore's sort of like, oh, well, you know, another one of these guys. You know, whatever. But it's like, when he shows up, like, that guy's got a missile. Like, All right, well, let's, let's protect Mr. Case here. So then everybody's doing their shit. And then, oh. Yeah, no. it, it's such a dejecting moment because you're like, it's like the Bruce Willis Armageddon. Oh, yeah. you're like, oh god, see, like, oh god, what? <laughs> Same no, thing. and he has he has the just like um, Cougar's got his photo from Top Gun hanging out. He's got his photo of his kids, and it's like, 
Tell him I love him very much. And it gets me. It does get me. Cause it's like, because Rihanna keeps He finally watching. becomes a decent actor. <laughs> like, what's he doing? Yeah. <laughs> Dad, what's he doing? <laughs> I'm, I am. Anyway, so, so he starts making a beeline for that. <laughs> the big glowing thing. For the big glowing light. And uh, it's one of the best, like, final one-liners before you kill the main bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. It was words I'm of my generation. Oh, not that. Okay. No, I, <laughs> I was going to say. I hate that, but I'm back. Like, I love that. And as he's going up, and then it's like this quiet little moment, and then all of a sudden the explosion starts, and this big happy music. Yeah. As this ship is just, like, yeah. Oh, by the way, we all Wouldn't get the opera So, like, so like uh, yours. I like how rubber lotion is strolling around like a gunfight, like, all right, uh, get on the line around the world. Tell them how to bring those sons of bitches down. Well, first you're going to need an alcoholic be, pilot. So, okay, so that's what I was hoping they would communicate. All right, you need to fly a plane. Somebody needs to fly their plane in the Pacific. Someone gets it wrong. So all these pilots are needlessly flying their planes. <laughs> no, you pale-skinned bastards. No. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. But, um, but then, like, of course, the it's son like, of a well, bitch did it. Yeah, but did... Well, what about Levinson? What about Hiller? Mm-hmm. Do they make it or whatever? And then, right. you know, it's it's not much of. I would have liked to have seen them crashing yeah. back on Earth. It seems like eh, we ran out of money. It's false anticipation because it's like, well, I, I don't think we we at this point are you really going to kill them? Exactly. Mm-hmm. We're not really. We just gonna. lost Randy Quay. Right. But it's it's cool. It's, it's, full. I, I love when Judd Judd Hirsch sees him smoke. Oh, so this is this is healthy. It's healthy now. now. Yeah, yeah I kind of like it. It's great because we get the reconciliation with um, with both couples. Mm-hmm. And of course, they had just gotten married. We didn't say that, but they had gotten married that's a, beforehand. And that's an underrated movie wedding scene. Yeah, I really like that because it works on two levels with them and with Goldblum and Connie. What you, like, I love them looking at each other as that's going, and she just grabs his hand. Like that, it's a it's a sweet little moment. Not something I would expect in a Roland Emmerich movie. The ending is, of course, like I mean, I mean, obnoxiously patriotic for a good reason. You just beat. I mean, like with all the darkness we've gone through. Like, I mean, all the the. the it's the amazing movie. how much of a feel good movie this is. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, all right, let's talk about Fallout just from a movie standpoint, not story wise. We'll get up to the sequel. The biggest movie of all time at its point. Close. I know it's number two, but it felt like the biggest movie of all time. In terms of uh, an event movie. Yeah. Yeah. This was an event. This was a must-see. Now, let's talk about the marketing. Because they marketed this movie better than any movie's ever been marketed ever. I think so, I think so, With too. the exception of maybe The Force Awakens, because I'll admit, they brought that their guns too. out. That, that was good too, but Independence Day. Uh, I, I think Independence Day was special because it was it was new. Yes, it was a new property, and it was it's so funny because it has a lot in common with Star Wars more than just some of the uh, shit that they borrow from it. Um, oh god, fuck! I lost it. Well, the trailer. All right, so with each trailer, like they they never blew their wad. Right. They, mm-hmm. they waited until probably like the. I'm trying to think. I don't know when they they placed their trailers out there, but it felt like this. It, like the by the second and third trailer, we got kind of more of what was going on because they they did give away their effect shots. Mm-hmm. White House going, which is a big like, oh god, wow, mm-hmm. they did that in a movie. But then like the characters slowly got diffused into our pop culture closer when the movie got out, which is fascinating. Like mm-hmm. the characters were in no way, shape, or form a driving force of this movie no, in the way it was marketed. That's what became really neat about it. And then the, the TV spots afterwards, like, 
it continued. Like the thirty million was the best spent thirty million sure. of, this, of this movie. And to go back to what I was saying in terms of what it had in common with Star Wars, this was not an original movie in concept by any means whatsoever. But I think the execution of the movie and the way it goes about itself is completely original. I really do. Like there is something so special about this movie that uh, a lot, all of its imitators don't have. Yeah. And it's exclusive to it. And it's, it's, it's almost lightning in a bottle. So now before we leap ahead here, just... Well, well, I mean, well hold on. Good the marketing. The movie was supposed to come out on what? July 4th? Alright, so it was supposed to come out... Let's do... Let me... I'm going to pull up a calendar because I'll... Um, the first time I had ever seen this, heard of this, and I can't even tell you when it's happened since. When a movie had a scheduled release date, but the anticipation for this movie was so high and it was so intense that they ended up releasing it a day or two early. And not even like it was just something to hear about. They changed the marketing on the fly to reflect that. Because I know the official release date was July 2nd. Because mm. this is what I remember. I remember the when they sent out the thing, like, it's coming out Tuesday night. Yeah. What? I had a swim meet, so I couldn't go see it that night. I had to wait until the next day. Officially, so in July, July second. All right, so July third was when it was supposed to come out on a Wednesday. It ended up coming out on July second that night. So, te- I mean, I, some people still technically call it July third release, but the marketing said the second. I remember that. I remember that change. Well, it it um yeah because because everything months, prior was was days. saying July third, July third, and then. July second, they would actually say, "Which I did one day early." See it one day early, and, and stuff like that. Just holy cow! Regardless, it, it was one of the first movies to really pull that off. Mm-hmm. More now, every movie does this now with July Fourth. They all yeah. come out like, a, and it's more of a week. It's they backed it up so it's much now, week. where it's a week event now versus a couple days. But um, I absolutely love the movie. It's a ten out of ten for me. I don't. I will not. I. I. I don't care. I. I will. Um, Support that to an end. Did you like it when it came out? Really yeah, I mean, like it, where I was saying earlier, I don't want people to get the, the impression that, that, oh, I didn't know. It was just, like, for me, my big event movie had, ha- like, my first big event movie had happened. So it doesn't resonate with me with that. But it's still, I like, to me, it's like a 9 out of 10. Just because I, my, my genre of, yeah. of sci-fi wow. is more the fantasy sure. stuff, That's not cool. sci-fi, but, or, or like this, but... I still loved it. Like, it was still really, so that, really This fun. summer, is fa- between Twister, which is a movie that's segueing more towards CGI and getting away from practical, right. mm-hmm. it's fa- this summer, that combo of movies, that's one of the best two-packs you could ever get. Mission Impossible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What yeah. Do you, where do you... Where do you I, go? I give it an eight. Yeah. Give it an eight? I give it an eight. I, I love this movie. And I would go so far as to say it's Roland Emmerich's best movie. I, li- I, I think I like this more than The Patriot. So, th- that's the segue I was looking for. Because his career after this is fascinating. Because he does Godzilla... Godzilla was very highly anticipated. Bombed. Just, just took a big old crap. I remember WWF. WWF used Godzilla. Yeah, I did. Um, for some of Vince McMahon stuff. Then it's the Patriot, I think, right? Yeah. Because yeah, it was after the... Patriot came out in 2000. Which is the most non-Roland Emmerich movie. A lot of people forget that that's him. Well, rightfully I, I so. don't even know. Wrong, I, I, what to leave? Later on, I think it's the most non-Roland Emmerich movie. Anonymous. That's... Oh, that movie's 100% not but Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich said something in that doc that I think is very interesting where he felt like he wanted to do a sequel to Independence Day because so many movies uh, have aped Independence Day's style and ripped it off yeah. and he wants to come back and show them how it's done and I don't think anyone has ripped off Independence Day 
more than Roland Emmerich. Right. Roland Emmerich has made Independence Shit, Day he, several Back times. to back, yeah, 10,000 BC, which isn't necessarily like... I'm talking Day After Tomorrow, but 2012. But that's the one that came right after. Like, he, he directed, you know, in he, the he 2000s. Loves disaster movies. Yeah. Just big disaster movies. But the problem is, Day After Tomorrow, 2012, those are, aren't fun. Right. No. Yeah, those movies, those are bad. Yeah. Like for, for the most part. And, and and you can, you know, global warming, there it is, it's coming. Right. You know, it, it's just dumb, but not on a fun level. And it doesn't have any interesting characters. Independence Day Resurgence is going to be fascinating because, I, like, it's... it's I'm interested. It's, it's, it's interesting to revisit this because of all the fallout that we've seen. Now, granted, mm-hmm. the trailers, from what I saw as well, um, finally, is that they're using the alien technology to try and... You know, in a way, like let's get like a faster way to get back to normal, and then enhance ourselves and get ready to defend ourselves if something like this comes around again, which is interesting. Um, there's no Will Smith, obviously. You know, money was they uh, recast some of the kids, which mm-hmm. I I love that the girl or was it what's her name, Mae Whitmore? Is that who? She's is? too ugly. I like how she said, "I'm That's not doing funny. this because you're asking me to read for this." Are you kidding me? I yeah. love that. I was like, "Good yeah, for her. Good for you, man." Mm-hmm. Like. I, yeah, the reasoning behind not putting her in this movie is really dumb. Yeah. Because she is pretty. She's a very pretty girl, but she's not pretty. I get it. Yeah. Oh, about Mae Whitman, or whatever her name is? Yeah, the one who played uh, Whitmore's daughter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. She was in the Duff. I guess when you play that character. Yeah. But, um, it, but I, I like the girl they got playing as daughter. They haven't she's exactly great. sold that it's going to be a, a two-parter, but I thought, I remember hearing that. I, I believe it, it is a two-parter. Because I think you got to lose. We gotta lose. You have, and that's what I was telling you. They have to lose. We have to lose. Some, yeah, some's got like so. But what's fascinating is that usually we would we would have heard by now. Oh yeah, they they film back to back or maybe whatever. they're keeping it a secret, which is hard. That that's how you do it today, it. exactly. But I which mean, is and fun. Cloverfield Lane happened, and, right? You know, and how they pulled that off. If they do, great, awesome. I hope they're. I, I'd love this to be a trilogy. I, mm-hmm. As long as this one like delivers. The see the thing I. It's always tough when you do this if you're setting up for two more. If you tell me you have a you have a third one that's coming out, that means we're going to hold the second one's judgment kind of in limbo until the third one comes out. Because if the second one is so so, the third one can redeem it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a problem. That's well, that Matrix with, did that with Pirates of the Caribbean. Though people were all shitting all over the second one, and they shit all over the third one. Too. Right. But then because the, the third one didn't make it any better, the third one was worse. I thought the second one. I was like, all right, I'm cool with that. I thought the second one was fine. Yeah. But um. It comes out, but no, you're right though, because it's hard for these uh, second movies to stand on their own yeah. without a third movie to watch. Right, mm-hmm. like Back to the Future Two. I mean, you can look at it; it has the worst reviews of the trilogy. Just fascinating to me. Yeah, because right? it's a fucking great movie. Because if uh, to me, like I, that's one of the movies where it's like, okay, you're setting me up, so I can't uh, give you an honest critique until I see this western one, and then after that, it's like it's fine. It the is second one now is I, I, I'm okay with it now. And that's Empire uh, did the same thing. Yeah, to, I'd say to a degree, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it will be very interesting how this one comes off. I, I think one thing we can say: there's no way it'll be as big as that first one. No, it can't be. There's no way it would be, and it's not going to feel like the first. One it. I would say at best, you will be the Jurassic World. Ooh. At be best, the, oh, I think it could do. I think it could be better. Well, I mean, in comparison, like there was no way Jurassic World could have surpassed. Jurassic Park, but for many people, it surpassed the other two movies. Barely. So, you know, right on. Great. That's about the ceiling, I think, for Resurgence. The difference is, is this doesn't have two placeholders in between. Yeah. Like where Jurassic World, if, if, if there wasn't the others, there's no well, Jurassic World, I might look at it differently if yeah. there wasn't the two others. Right. You know, um, 
Yeah, because remember, like when Jurassic World was coming out, we're like, oh, of, of course this is going to be better than two and three. Yeah, and it was, but eh, <laughs> not by much. You know, we were expecting a lot more. But Independence Day, I mean, this is a sequel that we have wanted since that first one, right. and eventually just gave up on. And then all of a sudden, people care about Independence Day again. So, on that level, I'm I'm very excited for this movie. Yeah. I will go see this opening weekend uh, with expectations. In check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I try not to get too excited. Right. Because that's that's a very easy way to come out disappointed. Absolutely. This was a, it was fun to revisit this movie because it is it's um, it, it is childhood defining oh, for yeah. movies in a lot of ways. I think for a lot of people, mm-hmm. which is cool. So uh, the next episode of the podcast is going to be an NWO special. It's helmed by Jason. Jason's Thanks. got a great outline for a fantastic, uh, and a hopefully very different than other renditions that people may have for a reunion special or a anniversary special, things of that nature. So keep an eye out for it. It'll be the next episode of the podcast. So um, in terms of the podcast, please follow it still on social media, on Twitter, at New Blood Pod. It's on Facebook, at New Blood Rising Podcast. Our email is newbloodrisingpod at gmail.com. Please, if you can, go to iTunes, leave us a rating, Leave us a, uh, a review, if possible, to try and help expand the, uh, the podcast out to more listeners. In the meantime, I'm at William Rinkin 83 I'm at the Jason Kiesler. I'm at CM underscore stats. We'll see you guys for an NWO 20th anniversary celebration.